Welcome to Urban Principle, leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAndersonConsulting.com. And now here's your host, Brett Anderson. And welcome back to another podcast. We are on episode 90, season two. And this episode is called Leaders Move People. Um, and vis- I've been visiting a lot of different buildings right now and um, just did a presentation in a building last um, Friday and it went extremely well, but it was on positive behavior intervention supports and trauma-informed teaching and the staff responded extremely well. And one of the things that I thought was interesting, the comments I was giving is um, they loved the presentation, wanted to have me back, and they did say um, that it was so positive. And I thought, well, I'm always positive <laughs> and that's the way I want to be and that's the way I want to present things. But that always throws me a little bit because then I think, well, what are they getting that's not so positive and how much of it are they getting and where's that coming from? I always wonder where that's coming from because when it's noticeable, I don't know if that's a good thing because it should be something that's commonplace in most uh, cultures. And tonight I want to talk a little bit about um, some leadership and moving people and I just wanted to share different some things I've been reading. Um, Kozis and Posner's Leadership Challenge. The Leadership Challenge, of course, has been around a while. Uh, but I was looking back into that and uh, found some pieces I really like. I always do find pieces I like in this book. Um, and he talks about commitment number eight, strengthening others by sharing power and discretion, which I think is so important as a leader. And I want to read to you some of the pieces of this, and uh, it fits so well with some of the things I've experienced lately. Strengthening others is essentially the process of turning constituents into leaders, making people capable of acting on their own initiative. Leaders strengthen others when they give their own power away to them, when they make it possible for constituents to exercise choice and discretion, when they develop in others the competence and confidence to act and to excel and when they foster the accountability and responsibility that compels action. Exemplary leaders use this power or their power in service of others because they know that capable and confident people perform better. In the commitment, we offer specific actions you can take to strengthen your constituents. Um, Then he talks about some of the things that they they will do, and we always talk about empowering people, and um, he goes on to uh, talk about offering visible support and assigning critical tasks. And we've also talked about things like uh, supporting their growth and uh, what you can do to make sure that people are using their strengths. And we talk about getting them into their strength areas and empowering them through teams and the things that you do. And another book I've been reading is uh, Nuance by Michael Fullen. Uh, Michael Fullen uh, does some really good books. And this is Nuance, Why Some Leaders Succeed and Others Fail. Uh, Excellent book. Uh, It's a Corwin book. And I want to read you a piece from that too. Nuance leaders have a curiosity about what is possible, openness to other people, sensitivity to context, and a loyalty to a better future. They see below the surface, enabling them to detect patterns and their consequences for the system. They connect people to their own and each other's humanity. They don't lead, they teach. They change people's emotions, not just their minds. They have an instinct for orchestration. They foster sinews of success. They are humble in the face of challenges, determined for the group to be successful, and proud to celebrate success. They end up developing incredibly accountable organizations because the accountability gets built into the culture. 
Above all, they are courageously and relentlessly committed to changing the system for the betterment of humanity. Um, really uh, powerful stuff in this book. I'm going to uh, keep uh, researching it myself. And I like where he's going with a lot of the points he's making and about a lot of the initiatives and the things we have are surfacy and don't know how to really settle the actual problems that exist. And unless you get below that surface, like he talks about a nuanced leader doing and being able to um, working throughout the culture, um, you won't make anything that's a real change and um, really powerful stuff. I I am excited about this book. It's going to be, uh, I've liked reading it so far. And then taking another piece from The Power of Posit Positive Leadership from John Gordon, uh, another of my favorite authors. And and a piece that I liked that I wanted to share that fits with some of our um, Leaders Move People tonight. Um, demanding without being demeaning. Uh, many think that positive leaders are nice, undisciplined, happy-go-lucky people who smile all the time and believe that results are not important. Uh, but this couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, and that's true because of uh, my positivity. Everybody thinks I'm not looking all the time at the everything that's actually happening, which totally isn't true. Uh, positive leaders are demanding without being demeaning. They both challenge and encourage their teams and organizations to continue to improve and get better. Being a positive leader doesn't mean you don't have high expectations. The greatest positive leaders I have met, such as Alan Mulally, Mulally have very high expectations. You don't transform a company losing $14 billion into a profitable, bu profitable business in a few years without high expectations. However, he provided the encouragement, process, system, and coaching to meet these expectations. Pete Carroll, coach of the Seattle Seahawks, is known for creating a culture where his team has a lot of fun, but he's also one of the most competitive people you'll ever meet. His belief that uh, competition makes you better is a huge part of the Seattle Seahawks DNA, and they are passionate about always improving and winning. So building that culture and making sure you're moving your staff and building your staff and giving them the resources they need, uh, things that also came up in our Wallace uh, Foundation study, providing those resources and giving them the culture and helping them to grow and to be the best staff members they can be and helping them to move up without being worried uh, about them taking your role, um, uh, helping them get into roles similar to yours and getting into leadership and developing them to their potential, allowing uh, your staff to become what they can become. That is such an important aspect and, and moving your people and keeping them happy are going to have them working better with your students they're going to have them working better with your organizations and it just is reciprocal and it, it, it just compounds and makes it so much better for your organization. So as we wrap up tonight, um, I want to share a quote and our quote tonight is a leader is one who sees more than others see, who sees farther than others see and who sees before others see. And that's uh, Leroy Emus. And as we wrap, keep promoting effective leadership through productive culture changes. And until next time, stay positive. You've been listening to Urban Principle. Leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAndersonConsulting.com.